Hello, friends, and welcome to Tell Us More, a podcast from Lake Forest Church, Westlake. I am your host, Nathan Story, and joining me this week are Aaron Gribson. Gr- Gribson, uh, your Star Wars bounty hunter name, Aaron Gribson, and, <laughs> and Cesar Guerrero. Hey, Cesar. Hey, I got your name, name right. Sounds- my name already sounds like a Star Wars name. <laughs> That's does. great. That's great. Saul Caesar Guerrero. <laughs> Caesar Guerrero. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? Doing great, doing thank good. you. Mm-hmm. Good. Same well, here. Well, we are in a series right now with our church called The People of God. It's a very lofty title. Um, it sounds near, nigh insurmountable to discuss what it means to be the people of God, but we're going to try. <laughs> We're going to try. We heard from Aaron this past week in our second service, second in-person service in nine months, almost nine months uh, here in 2020. And it's been a wonderful experience. Great to see people's faces again and and an appropriate series to be in as we talk about uh, the people of God. But I have a bone to pick with you, Aaron. Are you ready? I'm ready. I have a a philosophical question for us to wrestle with. You mentioned in your sermon, uh, which I've been chewing on this for nearly 20 minutes when I, re- <laughs> I rewatched it again this morning. Uh, <laughs> uh, you say, uh, you talk a lot about uh, mixing metaphors, which is just a fun conversation that I hope we can dig mm-hmm. into a little bit. But at one point, as we're talking about mixing metaphors and we're, and we're talking about Peter, talking about being living stones, you say that stones aren't living. In fact, they are dead. So my question for you, sir, is- Have I, have I ever seen the movie Frozen? Oh no! Sorry. That's, uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Okay. 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 Touche. Touche. Good question. But in the real world, can something be dead? You say this. Uh, you can. We can go to the videotape if we need to. Uh, yes. You say that stones are not living; they are dead. But can a thing be, in fact, dead if it was never living? Boom. Oh. Ooh. There we go. I, I, I seriously was sitting there for a second. It's like, are stones actually, de- can we call them dead? Or Mind are they? Blown. Yeah. Yeah. What do we think? What do we think? <laughs> um, I, yeah. That sounds like Heidegger's cat to me. Uh, Schrodinger's I cat. <laughs> oh, sorry. Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> now you're mixing. Now you're mixing. Uh, <laughs> See, I'm mixing philosophical metaphors. I thought, I thought, right, I thought right. philosophy was your thing, man. I thought <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, Heidegger would be now. What is a cat? So <laughs> yeah. we would, that would have been. Yeah, that's we're not going to get anywhere is, with that one. Is Heidegger's cat neither Schrodinger's cat or Heidegger's cat? Is that how that's, that works? Yeah, that's right. It's whatever cat means to you. Cat means to you. Boy, this <laughs> oh, we've gotten off to a really good start yes. on today's podcast. This I is people awesome. are going to be people are going to be saying, "Tell us less, please. Tell us yeah. less." And I'm skipping this episode. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, you know, it has kind of felt the, the 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 chaos of life lately has felt a little bit like the start to our podcast today. Has I think this <laughs> yeah. week is just, I, I don't know so. what life has been like for folks uh, listening, but boy, it, it has been a doozy of a week for sure. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. For listeners, you don't know, it took us an hour to get the Zoom call working. <laughs> so podcast will not be an hour long. Right. We didn't think as we didn't record all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's get into it. Let's talk about 
um, Peter's message to us and, and his imperative for us to be living stones and what that might mean uh, for us today. Yeah. Do you want to run through that just a little bit, Aaron, as you uh, preached on it just a few days ago? Um, what did Peter mean by that? What, what does it really mean to be a living stone? Well, you know, partly what I was trying to do in the message was just, um, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit last week. Peter is not somebody that we typically think of as like an academic, right? Or, right. or a traditional theologian. And, and um, you know, one of the, we, we talked about the differences between Paul and Peter last week. Paul, Paul's kind of your typical academic, you know, he's going home. We made the joke. He's going home at night watching the History Channel and PBS. Peter, he's turned on Sports Center, right? And that's just kind of who Peter is. Yeah. But it's it. I was in doing my research for this series. I found this second piece I I alluded to. I think in the message, which is just really fascinating to me. Most scholars think that Peter was stepping in to pastor Paul's churches when Paul was martyred. Right. And that's just a that's just kind of a cool thing to me. So you know, Peter. I, I mean, you you got to imagine. Here's Paul. He's written all these letters that are circulating around the church. You know, he he was a he was a formidable character in the church's early drama, and uh, I don't know if I'm Peter. I, maybe I'm. I might be a little intimidated. You know, Paul, this great scholar. Paul, this guy who studied from all the right people when he was a you know a Pharisee, and I'm just this Peter dude. You know, but I I admire. Peter's courage in writing these letters and he, he's not intimidated by Paul he's thinking look I'm not Paul but but I'm I'm differently gifted and I'm stepping into shepherd these these churches need a shepherd and so with that in in the background you know I kind of I'm in I admire Peter's courage here he gives us this provocative metaphor and it's it's one of a handful of provocative metaphors that he gives in the letter um, but for whatever reason, this one really lights me up. So part of what I was trying to do in the sermon was just get us to consider the metaphor itself. Like before we move on to what Peter has to say about it, what, how does that metaphor strike you? You know, what, what comes to mind when you think about a living stone? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'd be curious what, what, what caught you guys when you hear, or when you think of that metaphor, what, how does that engage your imagination? Yeah. Well, that, so as I've thought about it here this morning and today, I, um, I did a little word association, you know, and, and was kind of thinking about that. And the word that kept popping up for me is, is, uh, uh, immovable, you know, despite the ability to move, which living kind of connotes, right? Yeah. As a living stone makes me think of being immovable and, and solid, you know, we, we hear solid rock language a lot in the worship world, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. How about for you, Cease? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I was, I did a quick search, like where else is this living stones uh, metaphor used? And it's only Peter. Peter's yeah. the only one who calls them living. Um, so, but I mean, there's a lot of other stone, stone language in other places. Like even Paul uses, you know, foundation language and Jesus yeah. being cornerstone as well. Um, does that cornerstone, I don't know, Aaron, does that cornerstone idea come from, somewhere in the old Testament, if they're both kind of ref referencing Jesus as the cornerstone, Peter talks about, you know, the one that was re rejected, I think. Yeah. Well, um, he's, Peter's Paul, quoting, uh, when he gets the cornerstone, he's quoting Isaiah, if I remember rightly, 
but you know, one of the things we, we forget, and this is kind of fun because uh, one of the fun things I got to do this week is to go out on the land of our, our new, our, where our new church building is being built. And for the first time, I actually got to walk on the foundation underneath the roof, which is just way cool. Yeah. And kind of the marvels of modern construction and architecture, you know, they've got a lot of tools at their disposal. Well, in the ancient world, they face the same challenges. How do you, how do you square a building, right? How do you build a, a building so that when it's done, it, it doesn't look like the tree fort I built for my boys when they were little, you know, little, <laughs> little. it's just kind of barely clinging to the tree. And, and the size of a shoebox because it was in LA, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, it really was. It really was a bush like a fort. hand in there. It's it was, like it was, yeah, it was a bush fort. We didn't have a bush fort. <laughs> um, but you know, the in the in the ancient world, a cornerstone was was a truly squared stone that you laid first, and then you can kind of imagine this. That stone set the right angle for the building, mm. and so we we didn't have time in this week's message to get to that because. Peter's really dense. You know, he, he doesn't waste words. Uh, but right after that living stone, he, he goes in this cornerstone passage. And the whole idea is that, you know, our lives are to be squared. They're to be made right or set in line by Jesus as the cornerstone. So how, what does that mean for us? Right. Mm. So, um, yeah, sees, I think you're onto something there. There's, we are part of that building and, and where we fit in is that we fit in based on Jesus as the one showing us where we fit and how we are to live. Mm. Yeah. I, I love this idea of, of this mixed metaphor, the, you know, the kind of a strange metaphor. It almost makes me wonder if, and I know it was, we, we have it in a written form, so we don't necessarily have the, uh, a way to judge this, but I can imagine if Peter was saying these things that he maybe even misspoke possibly, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's like a, <laughs> it's like a living stone. I, I mean, cornerstone. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know yeah. one of those, you know, <laughs> you know, because we, we picture him as such this kind of lovable oaf kind of character in, in a way. And uh, I can just almost see him like misspeaking. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like, like, like me and Heidegger's cat, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, so, you know, we're not, this is one of those, we're not really good at this uh, in general as Western, as Western Christians. Hmm. Uh, we, we, you know, I don't know about you guys, but even in my early faith days, my understanding of, of Jesus' role in my life was he was supposed to come and live in my heart, right? Mm -hmm. and, and in some ways, Jesus was to appropriate himself to my life, not mm -hmm. the other way around. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and look, there's much that's true about Jesus living in our heart. I mean, you know, he, 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 he says, uh, the Father and I will come and make our home in you, right? That's mm. very much a, an accurate idea. But the, the, the bigger picture here that Peter's laying out is, look, it's, it's you finding your role in God's story, not mm. the other way around. <laughs> so, yeah. and that's, that's hard for us. Cause you know, I grew up watching all the Disney movies that said, I'm, I'm supposed to pursue my whatever, right. I, it's, mm. This story is all about me. Mm. And um, you know, I, at least for me, when I've tried to live my life that way, I usually end up, it ends up being a dead end. Mm -hmm. Um and, and so maybe this, this door number two, look at these mixed metaphors, dead end, door number yeah. two. Yeah. They're, Peter's offering us something different. He's saying mm -hmm. you really find your purpose, you really find your meaning by aligning your story to Jesus, not mm -hmm. asking, not trying to fit his story to yours. Yeah. I, I've been looking here at, at Peter now, and, and uh, I'm fascinated by this one 
turn of phrase he uses uh, another quote from Isaiah actually um, two eight says uh, you know a stone he talks about the cornerstone the stone the builders rejected have become the cornerstone but then he goes on to say a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall what what is he talking about there what is that about <laughs> I love it. He's just, he's just, he's doing the Peter thing. He's playing with the metaphor, right? He's got this cornerstone yeah. metaphor from Isaiah. And then he's just going to jump to a whole nother kind of stone idea. Like, Hey, you know how some, like there's the cornerstone rightly, but then, you know, if you're not really going to align yourself, then that cornerstone kind of becomes like that rock on the path that you didn't see when you're walking along and you stubbed your toe <laughs> on it and you said, you said something and then you fell on your face. right? Yeah. Yeah. He really he's yeah, he's jumped around. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Well, that's some big, Ooh, yeah. big uh, language there. He's laying it in. <laughs> so so kind of you know what I don't know what you guys hear, but when I re- when I read that passage and, and I and as I have these last couple of weeks meditating on this and praying through it for our various messages, um it seems to me that where Peter's getting at is is there's no middle ground to stand right mm. you're either mm-hmm. going to align your life with jesus or, or you or you are not uh right and, and to not is to he peter's not mincing words he says it's it's it really means to reject him yeah um which has this kind of um garden of eden type of quality about it mm. we're either gonna we're either gonna obey or we're gonna we're either gonna obey god or we're gonna obey ourselves and, yeah. uh, and, and, and Peter's kind of drawn a line in the sand here with a stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is he, is he saying, I guess, you know, put up or shut up in a way he's saying it's time to choose, right? It, it seems to, it seems to be that right. And again, he's, he's pastoral here. We got to remember he's, he's talking to Christians. So, yeah. um, you know, sometimes I think we, we think, this is the tone we're supposed to take with people who are outside of the faith. Like, Oh, put up or shut up. No, no, no. He's, that's not, he's talking to Christians and, and they're, they're facing some challenges. And, and I'm imagining that there's some doubt like, Hey, look, are, are we, should we hang in there? This is getting really tough, Peter. Um, and he's saying, yes, yes. Hang in there. This matters. Cause the very next thing, and this is the part that I chose to focus in on Sunday. Cause I think this is really interesting for us today was uh, look, you're going to face opposition. You're mm. going to have critics. You're going to have people who outright, you know, name call you, socially ostracize you, maybe even beat you up. And uh, uh, listen, don't, don't get into that battle with them. That's part, they've rejected Jesus. They're, mm. they're, this, they're, not, they're not in this the way you think you are. Right. And how should you respond to those people? Well, don't fight back. Instead, let your good deeds be the thing that points to the validity mm-hmm. of your faith in Jesus, which is pretty countercultural, right? Like today, yeah. When when people are crit- critical of the faith, typically, I think what we do, we we kind of shout back or we try to argue back, or mm-hmm. and and not that there's not a time for counter arguments, but Peter seems to be inviting us to consider something different here. This is so fascinating. I was having uh, some discussions with people online about this this very thing this week, and um, a friend of mine was mentioning to me Jesus Himself talking and and kind of teaching people. And I, you know, I think we see 
kind of Jesus in Peter in the way that he does talk to Christians. Cause you see Jesus actually take a much firmer tone with the people that are religious, right? With the Pharisees, he's a lot more biting and he's a lot more intense. And yet with people who don't quite uh, agree or align the same, same way, or people that do not yet believe in him or the father, he's very gentle, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so this, yeah, it, it's interesting. I, you see a parallel there in, in, in the way that, that Peter's, Peter's talking. Yeah. Yes. I, one of the, I, I was having a great conversation with a, with a dear friend who's a part of our church and they, they were, you know, part, partly one of the questions they've been asking is, you know, do, does, do we need to defend the church right now? There's, mm-hmm. there's some Christians who feel really strongly that, you know, what, what's needed in this season is, is to, is to defend. And, and um, it's, it's kind of interesting. We, we don't hear any of that in, in Peter's language, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what my friend and I were talking about uh, as we got into it, we were reflecting on it together and thinking through some various scriptures on it. And, you know, Jesus, Jesus says that um, he's, he's the one who's going to build the church and the gates mm-hmm. of Hades will not prevail against it. Uh, and what we were kind of noticing in that language is it seems like may, maybe our job isn't so much to defend the church as if, as if we could even defend it, right? That's maybe, maybe that's really on God. But rather, the call throughout the New Testament, we see this over and over again in Peter's letter, is our job is to be faithful to the call of the gospel in the midst of the adversities that we face as the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an interesting idea for us today, uh, because it's real contentious right now. Faith is a contentious thing in our society, and how are Christians to respond to that? Yeah, and, uh, you know, perhaps we don't want to get too in the weeds here with this, but I I'm, as you say that, Aaron, I'm automatically reminded of, of um, how this applies and, and perhaps doesn't apply to our, our life as Americans in a, in a political season, you know, and mm-hmm. because, you know, because uh, we're not just being criticized from people outside of the faith, but people that may lean one way or the other are criticizing each other, but both would, would ascribe to the the authority of their faith and the authority of scripture. And so what, what do we do with that? <laughs> you know, where, yeah, yeah. because someone who is blue would say you didn't vote the right way. Someone who's reds would say, you, you know, you didn't vote the right, the right way. And both of them are saying, because Jesus, you know, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what in the world do we do with that? How in the world do we maintain this unity as the people of God? in a divisive climate. I know you were getting there, but I, I'm going for it. I'm, I'm asking hey, that question. It. I'm going I for it. it. <laughs> well, I, you know, this won't surprise you guys. I don't think I have a silver bullet answer to that question. Sure, um, sure. I, I do think that, that contending for the unity in spite of those differences and those struggles really is the right thing. Um, and and yeah. it doesn't mean that the things we disagree upon aren't important things. And right. I think we got to right. keep talking those. But it is interesting, you know, again, going, going outside of Peter for a moment, um, Paul, Paul says, look, in the face of this disagreement, instead of fighting about this, he says, what you should really be doing is you should really be striving to outdo one another in good deeds. Mm. I mean, if you're going to compete, if you're going to fight, let's, let's, let's direct that energy, <laughs> which is kind of, kind of an interesting thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, there are places in the world right now where Christians are suffering persecution 
yeah. on the same level that Peter, Peter yeah. and his church were. Um, I, I don't think we're facing that right now, uh, at least not in the same way. No. Um, no. In our context, that's not to say that we we wouldn't someday. Hmm. But you know, these churches are facing imprisonment. I mean, people, you know, imprisonment, beatings. I mean, it's Nero's coming, and and if for those church history buffs, they'll remember Nero's the guy who who liked to use Christians as as torches at the at the Roman events, right? And so there's some really crazy stuff that's about to come to the church, and here Peter is being guided by the Holy Spirit. We believe these scriptures are inspired, preparing them for all these challenges that are coming, and and. Uh, in fact, we're, I think we're going to take on some of those topics this coming Sunday and the following. How, yeah. how are, who are the people of God in the face of suffering? Who are the people of God in the face of difficulty? Who are the people of God in, in, in times of, uh, of persecution, right? Yeah. And what's required of us in that? Well, one thing I've hoped and prayed for myself is, uh, you know, there, as you mentioned, Aaron, there are absolutely times to, to argue. There are times to, to put kind of your foot down um, if your conviction would so dictate you do so. But uh, when I was having the conversation with a friend this week about, about some of these things, especially around you know, the political climate and that kind of thing, I, I mentioned that my personal suggestion and, and what I would hope that I would always do is, is, is get your butt out of it. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, is stop Stop caring so much about your point, your butt, right? But but what about this? But what about this? And then just begin to 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 love the other person and have compassion. Because yeah. that I think is what, as you say, brings us together um when when so many other things would just pull us apart, right? Yeah, that, that's that's good, Nathan. I like that. Um, what are you doing this Sunday? That sounds get your butt out. Of it. That sounds like a great sermon message right well, there. I love. It. Yeah. Well, you know, I would be down except for the fact that uh, Brent Campbell's preaching, and I, I don't want to miss Brent that. Campbell, so. y'all! Holy cow! That's right. I don't want to miss Brent, so uh, I'll let him preach. I guess you know. This, this Sunday, <laughs> wow. let's let's just be clear. This Sunday is going to be the best one in the whole series. Oh it's man, going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Yeah. But yeah, Nathan, I, I, at the risk of belaboring the point, and you know, we've been sure. talking about this idea all fall. The, oh yeah, we were talking about this during our Nehemiah series. We talked about this during um, our, our our faith and politics series. What did we call that one? Now I can't even remember. Um, um, unity over unity. division. Unity over division. Yes. So there really is this sense that the world operates in an us versus them way and i find mm. myself in that world i you know if you're if you're not for me then you're against me right and then you're my yeah. enemy and and what the gospel calls us to is is a different way of seeing those ca two categories mm. uh, so instead of trying to win over and against you if yeah. you're the the them what the gospel is calling me to is to win over you mm. I, i'm trying to win you over right yeah, yeah. i'm not trying to win over and against you i'm trying to win you over yeah and yeah. and i'm i am Part of what Peter's saying is the way we win over those who do not think the way we do or do not see things the way we do. Part of the way we win them over is through the good that we do. Yeah. It's, it's through the good that we do in the world that they see the credibility of the gospel. Or Peter says quite literally, they see the glory of God. And the word he uses there is that beautiful Hebrew, uh, excuse me, that beautiful, he is the Greek version of that beautiful Hebrew word, 
for glory, which is, is the weightiness of God, mm. the, the, the heaviness, the sub substantialness of God, yeah. which I don't know, kind of has some interesting stone uh, references oh, yeah. there to <laughs> it itself, right? This is, the, yeah. this is something that's going to last. It's something that's rich and meaningful and durable. It's something yeah. you can build your life on. Uh, yeah. It's something that yeah. can weather the storm. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that's, that's pretty cool. And, and cool, especially to, we, we've talked about this a lot through the Nehemiah series as well, but how strange and how uh, perhaps uh, not new these issues actually are. Because if you look at the ancient world and, and how similar our world is and can be in some ways, when you realize that, when you have that historical context, it's like, wow, this really can apply to my life <laughs> because they're not having so many, because often we can read scripture and think, well, they're not dealing with the same things we were dealing with today. Our world is so different. And you're like, well, it's actually not that different. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's, like the ancient that's, world that's, did not have the political ramifications that we did. And it's like, uh, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Peter was saying these things despite the political climate. Right. Mm -hmm. He was saying those things maybe even because of the political climate. And well, and that makes it so applicable to us today. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's kind of um again, Peter's just so dense and so rich. I wish we'd had more time to spend in that second chapter, but he goes on and he he talks directly about the emperor, the, the king in essence, and yeah, and how yeah. Christians and uh he says some provocative stuff there that I, it's hard for me to hear. You know, he says, Look. It doesn't matter who the king is. You, you've got to you've got to obey him, and uh, because God gave him to you, so that there could be some order in this world. Because if there's no king, it's just gonna be chaos. And then, but then he goes on, and and I, I think we may have even talked about this last week just a little bit, uh, or we we had a side conversation. But he says this really interesting thing there towards the end of the second chapter. He says, "Honor everybody, love the brethren. That's the church. Hmm. Fear God, and honor the emperor." Yeah. And that's, he's using a, a, a saying that was common in that day, to your point, this, these were issues, but the common saying in that day was honor everyone, love your family and fear the emperor. Yeah. But Peter does, he takes a little jab at the emperor. He says, yeah. no, 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 no. Honor everyone, love the family, fear God. And then the emperor gets demoted. He gets demoted yeah. down to the same level as all the other human beings. Yeah, very much on purpose that he was mentioned last, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so, so you know, Peter's saying, I know you normally think of the emperor as God. I mm. normally, I know you normally think of the king as God. In fact, that was Roman culture. You, you know, the emperor was a kind of God, and they even sacrificed to that, to that emperor. And Peter says, we, you don't need to, you need to honor the emperor, but you need to make sure your fear, your reverence of God is, is higher than the emperor. That's your ultimate allegiance. Yeah. And uh, you, boy, oh boy, is that a tough word? Yeah. Well, oh uh, if I could give a little glimmer of hope through that, most emperors were around for a lifetime. Luckily our Kings change every, every four to eight years. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's like, that, that could be telling though, you know, that whole idea of like how long do our emperors last? Mm. Well, if, if ours only lasts four to eight years, then maybe the other question is who is actually the emperor or mm. what is, you know, yeah. ideology are we actually following? And if, if the, if the, the people, you know, change every four to mm. 48 years, then what, then who is, what, what's the kind of the, the Oz behind the curtain then? 
you know, yeah. it's probably not a, probably not people at that mm. point, you know, our idol is probably not the champion that gets nominated every four years, but maybe there's something else that we're, we're championing or have our allegiances given to. That's mm. so good. I, I have an answer to that question. Who's the emperor Caesar? Okay. Palpatine. Palpatine. <laughs> I am the Senate. <laughs> Do it. There, Do there, it. There was our there was our requisite Star Wars reference. Uh, there we go. Gonna I started with Star Wars. Oh, that's, that's right. You got name. We got two. Okay, that's true. So that was our <laughs> that was go. our extra our un extra unnecessary Star Wars reference. Yeah, that was the DVD <laughs> extra Star Wars reference. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I you know I, I hope that our listeners and I hope folks who are joining us for Church Online joining us in person. Um, are, are catching the tone. I, you know, I think the best thing we can do is really let Peter speak in his own voice and, and really try to sit with it. He's, he's going to challenge us because he's Peter. And, um, uh, you know, I, I heard somebody say yesterday at a coffee shop, I was standing behind them in line. I heard them say to their friend, they, he turned and said, you know, uh, I'm only as strong as my greatest challenge right now. Mm. And uh, I thought, boy, oh boy, is that right? I, I want to let Peter challenge me. Did you I let that? Did you ask that guy to preach? Who was that I guy? Sure <laughs> <know>. <laughs> but you know, I, I think there's something to that, right? Like, are, do I approach the scriptures trying to bend them to what I already think? Or, mm. or am I willing, am I willing to, like Mary did at the feet of Jesus, mm. am I willing to sit at the feet of these, this, these scriptures? this word of God and let it challenge me, especially if I'm a person of faith, especially if I'm a Jesus yeah, follower. For sure. I, I love that. I, I'm reminded of the, uh, the Jewish tradition uh, at funerals um, of, I, I'm going to get the, 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 na- the name wrong probably, but sitting in Shiva or Shiva, have you heard this term? Yep. Yep. Which is where people actually sit in the discomfort of the loss. And, and in some ways, and we see this in scripture, you know, our faith is not just about finding a band-aid for everything in our life that goes wrong. Our faith is actually about sitting with the discomfort of being challenged, right? Mm-hmm. And sitting with oh, yeah. God shaping us and molding us as a, as a potter in the clay, right? Uh, into mm-hmm. the, who he wants us to be. And, and, and not just for his sake, for his glory. It is for his sake and mm-hmm. his glory, but for our sake too, because it's a better way of life, right? Yeah. yeah so sitting Maybe in that, that discomfort, yeah. Yeah, my wife Katie and I were we did our own separate quiet times this morning and I was like, "Hey, let's just share, you know, what we did." And it was it was uncanny how the Holy Spirit was working in both of our lives because we both came to the same conclusion in our own separate quiet times. Um and it was that idea of of uh as we're looking forward to, you know, Christmas cuz Katie's a early Christmas decorator. Uh, where she likes to begin first week of November is like, let's get Christmas up. I think we and, need those uh, people this year. I think those people do. are the all-stars this year. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. And that's, and that's where she's actually is, is like 2020 just needs to, we need Christmas 2020 already. You need know, a little like, Christmas right this exactly. very moment. <laughs> but we were talking about, you know, how we are looking forward to that, you know, Christmas mm-hmm. and, and the happy times. But we both were reflecting on the 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 happy times or the joy is is magnified whenever we remember the the difficulty mm. and the the hardship that we've gone through, um, and and I, we were both we were both just kind of like 
beside herself a little bit, being like, that's what the Holy Spirit was speaking to both of us? Like, it was the exact same thing for both of us separately. That's awesome. So, and, uh, so awesome. And now we're having this conversation just about hardship and, and difficulty. Um, but yeah, yeah, sitting in that discomfort is is really helpful. It's like a, it's like remembering, right, mm-hmm. what what God has brought you from. Because sometimes we bring it upon ourselves, right? <laughs> you know, the difficulty and discomfort. Oh yeah. We are the, yeah. We're the lords of our own life. You know, we cause a lot of discomfort for ourselves. And uh, and so for us to remember, to remind ourselves, oh, when I'm king, when I'm the you know to bring it full circle at the cornerstone, when I'm the orienting, you know cornerstone of my life i bring a lot of crookedness and discomfort <laughs> to, yep. to this house and uh and that's almost you know it's a relief to mm. be like oh jesus is king or he's coming to be my king or he is my king now is kind of like oh thank goodness um yeah well see i love i love that and uh peter actually says the exact same thing in the coming chapters he says look if you're suffering because you did something stupid and brought it on yourself uh, that's your own fault, but, <laughs> but he says suffering that is outside of that suffering that comes to you that you did not cause in your own life actually has a gift to offer you. Mm. And, uh, and I'm going to let that be my teaser for week four, cool. uh, when I'm back, it's gonna be awesome. Nice. Fun. Well, I, I will mention quickly too, as we kind of wrap up here, I, I was having this time of wrestling and you know, during the week we had, it was just so long. It, we were just mm-hmm. waiting for things, something to happen, just wanting something mm-hmm. to happen. I had in my mind written out a social media post that I, you know, decided not to post because what good would it do? It was one of those things where I just wanted to do something. I wanted to say something. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to fix something. And, um, but the, you know, what I kept coming back to this week was I don't know what it, what, what, you know, I didn't know what mm-hmm. to do. And, and yet I, I feel like the Lord told me, um, this is similar to Caesar and, and Katie, where the Holy Spirit just kind of tapped you on the shoulder and and just kind of whispered in your ear and these, the same thought. But I, I you know, it, it struck me this phrase that that to lament, to to look at the at the discomfort, is doing something. Yes. Right. Mm. So if you can't actually physically fix something, you can point your attention to the discomfort and wrestle with it and realize that it is present. And to acknowledge that the discomfort is present, to lament, I would call that that process, is to actually do something. And I, yes. that just, I knocked myself on the floor. Not not to say that I, I came up with that. I really do think it was the Lord telling me that. And so, you know, oftentimes that is enough to get us through with patience to, to, to get to the next the next thing, right? To get through this hardship or this, this struggle. But yeah, to lament is to actually do something. I love mm, that. Yep. It's cool. So good. Yeah. Well, any last words for our, our friends listening at home as we kind of close the, the book as it were on, on this, this week's message? No, I, I, I think we've covered some good ground. I, I need to go feed my Heidegger cat some cat food. So, uh... <laughs> we will let you because Lord knows that thing is probably on death's door or, or it's, it's dead already. It's dead, or if it never if it never was, can it be dead? Yeah, if it was but, never alive, was it? Uh, oh my goodness! Best episode ever. Yeah. Best episode, full circle. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, earlier. But uh, yeah, hey, thanks. <laughs> I, I, you know, I guess my last word, Nathan, would be uh, thanks to everyone jo- who's who've been uh, tuning in. And yeah. um, we're not really good at self promotion. We're kind of coy about it. We're yeah. we're we're often aw shucks. 
Um, but if if this podcast is of value to you in any way, or if these conversations uh, spark additional conversations in your life for you, that's our hope. Um, we, you know, we'd love for you to share it with someone or invite a friend to join you in on it. Um, we're going to keep doing it, try to be faithful to it, and, and hope that God is using it uh, to, to help you or strengthen you, bless you in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Please share this with your your friends if, if you are so inclined. But I want to thank uh, my friends, Aaron Gibson and Cesar Guerrero, for joining me this week once again, the three amigos, talking about the messages we hear each and every week at Lake Forest Church. Join us next time when we ask those who speak to us to tell us more. Goodbye.